This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. This, I honestly thought about opening this episode by singing the song from A Walk to Remember, which is another (laughs) iconic moment in Christianity. Right. Do you think that's why Mandy Moore did this movie to like I switch her rep? We will talk about it because I have a whole. I'm like, I think so, right? Because they're yeah. <laughs> she's. I mean, she's surprisingly versatile. She plays Christian angels and Christian devils. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's range. <laughs> we have to go over the evolution of Mandy Moore. <laughs> yes, evolution and devolution. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anyway, welcome to the Bechtel cast. My name is Caitlin Durante. My name is Jamie Loftus. I couldn't think of a fun intro. I wanted to sing the song from A Walk to Remember. Do you remember the words? I don't know. The song to remember from A Walk to Remember. It goes, so yeah. my head back down yes. and I lift my hands and pray. Yes. And she's like singing this at school and you're like, oh my God, this girl would be toast if this were real life. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) And that's the magic of Mandy Moore. This is our saved episode. This is not our Walk to Remember episode, but I'm sure that that's uh, imminent. 
<laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Uh, <laughs> it's just walking. It's walking, not running. <laughs> into your it's feet. walking. Yeah. <laughs> it's slowly moseying its way into the Bechtelcast catalog. Mm-hmm. But today, what is already here is saved exclamation point. Yes. I love gratuitous punctuation in a movie only if it's an exclamation point i don't like like this year when it was like emma period i'm like let's skip that i loved the movie but i didn't Mm -hmm. need the punctuation i didn't realize that the title of that movie came with a period yeah it's it's not it's not oh i saw emma it's i saw emma Emma, (laughs) you're saying a full (laughs) sentence and I just don't think that's necessary. My favorite unnecessary exclamation point is, of course, the one included in the title of Mother! Exclamation point, the Darren Aronofsky film. Oh, sure. Film. I like the comma in I, Tanya, but you, you just need it. Well, sure. That's just a ne- that's necessary. Well, are you leaving out the comma in I, Frankenstein, Jamie? What do you, like? What about <gasps> that one? That's another iconic <laughs> movie comma. Gotta rate the best movie punctuation. I like I like the exclamation point. I like exclamation point movies. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other ones, but before we get too far down this rabbit hole, <laughs> let's mm-hmm. introduce our guests. Um oh wait, wait first oh, oh my gosh, I'm so out of whack exclamation point because I we spent too much time talking. Oh, there's about, a lot of colons. There there Sorry. are <laughs> Okay, first we have to talk about what this show is. And yeah. Okay. So this is the Bechtel cast. We talk about movies using an intersectional feminist lens. Mm-hmm. We use the Bechtel test just as a way to jumpstart a conversation. And that, of course, is a media metric created by queer cartoonist Alison Bechtel. Uh, that requires two people of any marginalized gender have to have names, they must speak to each other, and it has to be about something other than a man. Mm-hmm. And that conversation has to last at least two lines of dialogue by our standards. So that's our rendition of the test. There's also, there's a question mark. There's sometimes movies will be a question, like, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? <laughs> and then... I think the movie with the most punctuation is The Chronicles of Narnia, colon, The Lion, comma, The Witch, comma, comma and Controversial, the and The Wardrobe. Hmm. So that's basically what we talk about on the show. <laughs> the punctuation in <laughs> titles of movies. It's a movie grammar podcast. Yes. Okay. Well, that that gives us something to think about, you know? Yeah. The The punctuation. It does make you think, oh, brother, where art thou? Oh, yeah. Oh, brother, comma, where art thou? Question mark. Where art thou? Airplane! Exclamation point? Exclamation point. (laughs) This is just the rest of the episode. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Ellie and Lisa. Feel free to jump in with your favorite I, movie I punctuation. I I'm sorry. I was like, I was like, do I have to wait? I was, I, you know how <laughs> no, hard it was for me in. to not sing the song from Watch Remember? I saw. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to wait for them to introduce me. I'm going to be a good podcast guest. <laughs> and oh. I lay my, like, oh, damn it. <laughs> Ellie, will do a TikTok later. It'll be fine. <laughs> later, yes. We'll do a full cover yeah. and you, it'll be great. Because you're like a legit singer. You are a trained, okay. skilled. I'm so, <laughs> Jamie. Kind of bitchy to lead the podcast with, but. <laughs> we both are. Yeah. Honestly, your rend- your rendition was gorgeous. It was beautiful. Like, I thought you were a trained singer, so. Absolutely. You know, I'm not a trained, well, I mean, as Caitlin said, for some reason, I'm not a trained singer. 
dinner, but Okay, well, you know what? I'm the Mandy Moore of this episode. I'm the bitchy <laughs> mean girl, okay? Yeah, you're being a real Hillary Faye. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. Full of Christ love. Wait, do you sing on do you sing on TikTok, Ellie? Yes, I do. Oh my yeah. god. Wait, that's so cool. Yeah, if you want to check out my TikTok, I actually do like vocal lessons on my TikTok. So. It's so good. Yeah. Teach people how to riff. So if you want to learn how to riff. I love it. Just check it out. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I've learned a lot from your Instagram as well. So Yes, I put I basically just take my TikTok and put it on Instagram. <laughs> but yes. Okay, well, let me let us introduce you properly. So our guests today are co-hosts of Sweet Bitter, a new podcast about Sappho, who is the first known woman in European literary tradition and also where the word lesbian comes from. It's Ellie Brigida and Lisa Charlotte. Hello. Hi. Welcome. We are Welcome. officially here. Everything I said before, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. Thanks of for course. Being here. And Ellie, welcome back. You were one of two guests on our episode about Debs. Yes. <gasps> More punctuation. So oh, yeah. much. So much punctuation. What? That's, oh. Yeah, that's like a heavy four. Punctu- wow. Four periods? Yeah. After every letter. Wow. <laughs> it's, it is a joy to be back. Oh, wait, we're back? Exclamation point, a dinosaur story? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's one, too. Anyway. Uh, the informant. You're, you, your encyclo- encyclopedic knowledge of punctuation movies is so impressive. I have a listicle in front of me. God damn it, I thought this is from your head. Yeah, I was like, there's... Oh, to, to say another bitchy comment, there's no way Jamie's just pulling these. Kayla was just being... A mega bitch today? <laughs> I, uh, mastering commander, colon, the <laughs> What if, I mean, that implies that I've seen all these movies. I'm like, I, gun to my head, could not tell you who's in. Is Matt Damon the informant? I believe so. Question mark? He is. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Birds of Prey, colon, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley yeah, Quinn. There it is. It's surprising wow. there's only one piece of punctuation in that very long title. It's so long. So many words. <laughs> No exclamation. Hmm. Isn't when Harry met Sally, that's like dot, 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 right? Oh, really? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Is that? Hmm. Wait. Okay, let's fact check. <laughs> yes. Yes. Really? Wow. Nailed it. Yeah, when Harry met Sally, ellipses. No wow. kidding. I never knew that. It's because it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> don't need it. But what can you do? Indeed. Saved, you need it. Saved, it's necessary. So let's talk about Saved. Um, What is your relationship, your history with the movie? Ellie, why don't we start with you? So this is, I've seen this movie a very, very long time ago. Mm -hmm. And I barely remembered it, to be honest. I was like, I know it's hilarious, but I can't really remember it. And then Lisa and I did a rewatch where we watched it and basically like live we're live texting each other and as an adult watching this film I saw so much more mm-hmm. than I ever remembered so it was great <laughs> yeah I could appreciate the satire a bit more I think of course what about you Lisa um I think this came out in my last year of high school and I loved it my um my dad used to rent videos and we used to get like the preview movies you know ahead of time on like VHS Mm-hmm. so cool oh, yeah. yeah I know <laughs> envy of everybody um and so 
I was a massive fan. I really loved Jenna Malone from um, Life as a House, of all things. Mm. I don't know why I loved that movie as a teenager, but I really did. And I was into Hayden Christensen, and I have to live with that. You know, we were all there. (laughs) (laughs) There was a time. Jenna Malone has very, like... Kristen Stewart before Kristen Stewart was Kristen Stewart energy for me. Yes. How is she not gay? I just, I keep looking it up to see if she's yeah. gay because it feels like she's gay. <laughs> is, is she not? No, she's not gay. She's had a lot of lesbian love scenes, apparently. She's hmm. she's really gay energy. Yeah. I keep, I keep checking. <laughs> Wait, I th- it, I'm looking it up because I had to. It says she's bisexual online. Oh, yes, bicon. Okay. And she also was raised by two moms. Amazing. Okay. So that's why yeah. you just feel it coming off of her. Absolutely. Yeah. She was raised by two moms. And then she was also, what is that term? Um, she she was also emancipated, um, emancipated from mm. her two moms. Oh, interesting. I didn't know She's any got... of this backstory. Hers, her, I had never looked up Jenna Malone's life story before researching for this episode if you can believe it and she's had a very interesting life she's like Hmm. she's been through a lot and she's out on the other side starring in indie movies love it i think good for her caitlin what's your history with with saved (laughs) my history with saved is i'd seen it i think twice before this once in college must have been not long after it came out i think i was like a freshman or sophomore so i think i saw it around the time it came out and then i think i just caught it again at some point a few years later i enjoyed rewatching it i'm excited to talk about it and uh yeah jamie what's your relationship with it I think, like Ellie, I hadn't seen it in a really long time, but I re- I've saw it a couple times in like middle school and high school at like sleepovers and with friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it was a good sleepover movie, and I really liked Mandy Moore, so <laughs> I would see the her entire oeuvre, whether it's music, whether it's movies. I was engaging with the whole Mandy Moore canon at this time so I definitely saw it I don't remember I think that this was for some I didn't grow up with Home Alone I don't even know why but I remember that this was the first movie I saw Macaulay Culkin in and everyone was like oh my god Kevin and I was like who's Kevin and then my friends (laughs) laughed as we all laugh now (laughs) bringing back bad (laughs) memories no and here my friends are again a million years later still laughing um but yeah no I hadn't seen it in at least 10 years I feel like a lot of it holds up. I think that what's most interesting for me is what this filmmaker has done since, because I feel like his work has since gotten quite bad, (laughs) where this movie, I mean, there's parts of it that are very steeped in their time, but I I, I generally liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should I recap it and then we'll go from there? Yeah. Let's do it. Ooh, wait, did you, who found the fun nepotism in this movie? I did. (laughs) Yes. Go, go, go. Susan Sarandon's daughter is Eva Amori, and that is who plays Cassandra Edelstein. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then like, once you know it and you see her again, it all makes sense. You're like, I see it that is she looks like susan sarandon very much (laughs) absolutely flawed and jenna malone played i think susan sarandon's stepdaughter and stepmom oh i saw stepmom a lot because my crush was in it 
Mandy Moore. I'm just yeah. <laughs> again. <laughs> Mandy Moore. <laughs> Mandy Moore was one of my crushes. This was Liam Aiken. I don't uh, even know who huh? that is. Who? He played the boy in a series of unfortunate events. Oh, <laughs> deep cut. <laughs> Problem. Um, anyways, Interesting. Interesting there's choice. all sorts of weird connections. I thought that that was fun nepotism, and she was good, so I didn't even care. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. one of the best parts of the whole movie. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> She's incredible. All right. So the story of Saved. We meet Mary. That's Jenna Malone. She comes from a devout, born-again Christian family. Her mother is Lillian, played by Mary Louise Parker, who I think, isn't that another crush of yours, Jamie? Yes. Isn't she a crush of everybody's? Yes. (laughs) Yes. She's so thirsty in this movie. I love it. She is really, this is like an interesting moment for Mary Louise Parker, where... She, I just want all of her tank tops, and I want to give her a little kiss. She's also coloring her hair the whole film. Yes, it's very funny. So many different, and I feel like my mom had each and every one of those hairstyles <laughs> at one point. Minus the blonde, but mm-hmm. like all the different like layerings, like moms were layering in 2004. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't be stopped. It's true. Okay, so Mary is about to be a senior at a Christian high school. Everything seems great for Mary until her Christian boyfriend, Dean, tells her that he thinks that he is gay. And she, like, reacts, she bumps her head, and then she sees a vision of Jesus telling her that she needs to save Dean. Which falls into something we talked about yesterday, Caitlin, which was... The, the, the coming of age movie about a young woman must always feature her underwater having some sort of realization about the <laughs> fragility of her own life. Specifically in a swimming pool. Yes. Yes. In a swimming pool. And this one cuts right to the chase. I'm like, okay, this is a coming of age movie confirmed <laughs> from the first scene. Yeah. Yes. yes. So as she's like underwater, she sees this vision of Jesus and she thinks the way that she's going to be able to save Dean is to have hetero sex with him, which they do. And she thinks it worked and obviously it doesn't. Uh, And then she goes about her life as if everything is fine. She heads to school with her friends, the fellow, you know, her, her fellow Christian jewels who are Hilary Faye which is Mandy Moore, Mm. and Veronica, played by Elizabeth Ty. And then we also meet Hilary Faye's brother, Roland, and that's Macaulay Culkin. But Dean, her boyfriend, doesn't join them at school because his parents found out, found uh, like a gay porn mag in his room, and he gets sent to Mercy House, which is basically like a, like, gay conversion therapy place mm-hmm. that always works so well <laughs> i know also mercy house i feel like is like a and a catch-all they're basically like if your kid is doing anything bad send them to mercy house mm-hmm. yeah right. they mention like drugs uh alcohol use teen Gayness, pregnancy stuff yeah. like that yeah i think the word they use is de-gayification <laughs> yeah. yeah yes yeah, it always works. Especially when you put gay people together to make them not gay. In the same bedroom. Yeah, and have them bunk together. It always works. Um, yeah. Turns them immediately straight, JK. <laughs> um, 
So Mary's disappointed by this. They get to school and we also meet Cassandra Edelstein. And she's the only Jewish student at this Christian school. She smokes. She's punk rock. She doesn't follow the rules. She misbehaves. She's not like the other girl. She's not like (laughs) the Christians because she's not a Christian. Yeah, because she's Jewish. Therefore, like it's like it's honestly so many of it's all satire but so many of the things in this this movie you just want to like hit your head yeah <laughs> like oh god she's jewish yeah. therefore she smokes therefore she's therefore yeah. a cigarette yeah. yeah you're just like huh <laughs> right yeah there's also this new kid at school patrick played by patrick fugit uh, and he is the son of the new principal pastor skip and Mary is like, ooh, who's that? Patrick Fugit, did anyone in the middle of the movie be like, oh, almost famous? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it took I me was a minute, too. I'm just like, wait, who, 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 who? It's literally the same haircut. I was like, there was no excuse for me not figuring that out. Yeah, I had the same experience. So, But Mar- Mary takes an interest in him, and he takes an interest in Mary. Oh. Um, I know. And then one day, Mary finds out that she is pregnant. She with a little Greg. With a little Greg. Oh no! Stand out line, please let it be cancer. Like <laughs> how horrible! She would rather so have cancer bad. than be pregnant because of Christianity. Because Christianity. <laughs> I love her. That was a very funny moment. And because she's watching this like Lifetime movie about this woman who thinks she's pregnant, but it turns out she has cancer. And then um, <laughs> and then Mary's just like, please let it be cancer. Please let it be cancer. <sighs> yes. Valerie Bertinelli in that movie, right? We see Valerie <laughs> yes. Bertinelli many times yes. recurring character. <laughs> <laughs> she's a looming presence. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, so so Mary has found out that she is pregnant with a Greg, and <laughs> around this time, Hilary Faye has outed Dean to the school under the pretense of like, well, we have to pray for him kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And all of this causes Mary to start to question her faith. Um, it's also around this time that Patrick asks Mary out on a date. She declines, and then... Cassandra and Roland start dating and then Cassandra catches on to Mary being pregnant and she's like you know what I'm gonna help you she takes her shopping for clothes that will help her conceal her pregnancy and makes Hillary Faye pay for it yes which is great (laughs) I do love how like it turns everything on its head of okay like the Hillary Faye this perfect Christian is actually a really mean person who outs people who does all these things mm-hmm. and the one person at school who's supposed to be the bad girl is the one who's helping yeah mm-hmm. yeah who's helping this girl who needs help mm-hmm. like she's actually a good person yes iconic love cassandra yeah so they they become friends along and roland there it's like a nice little trio and meanwhile, Hillary Faye is horrified by all of this. She doesn't know that Mary is pregnant yet, but she's still trying to perform exorcisms on her and constantly trying to save her and save Cassandra. So Cassandra, annoyed by this, spreads this old, unflattering photo of Hillary Faye around the school, 
which she is mortified by. So Hillary Fay, to retaliate, vandalizes the school and frames it on Cassandra and Roland and Mary by planting the spray paint cans in their lockers. Mm-hmm. And then when Mary's locker gets searched, they also find the ultrasound of her <laughs> baby Greg. And then everyone, so everyone finds out that she's pregnant. Scandal. <sighs> so scandalous. So then Cassandra and I think also Mary gets expelled or maybe just Cassandra gets expelled, but they're all they're all punished and they're not allowed to go to prom. But Mary is like kicked out of the group. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Pastor Skip like wants her to go to Mercy House and then like Mary Louise Parker's like having a whole thing where she's like, should I send her? Should I not? That ultimatum. How dare you? <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> Well, also Pastor Skip and Mary Louise Parker. I'm like, I don't know her actual name. I think her name is Lillian. Lillian. Yeah. Lillian. We're dating before that, right? And even though yeah. Pastor Skip has a wife. Right. Right. Talk about a couple I couldn't be rooting for less. Less. Yes. Uh. I'm rooting for Lillian. Yes. Like, to yes. be her own independent woman. I want her to be laid is what I want. Yes. Yeah, and not by Pastor Skip. I want her to be, like, a not shitty parent. There's a, there's a lot of things <laughs> yes. I wanted her to she, do. Yeah, she needs some support. Yeah. I'm like, you. she just fully was like, oh, my daughter is pregnant. Didn't notice. Didn't <laughs> notice. Better send her away. I'm like, excellent right. parenting. Really 10 out of 10. <laughs> So our friends are not allowed to go to to prom, but they decide to go anyway because they figure out that it was Hillary Fay who bought the spray paint. So Cassandra and Roland as a couple, and then Mary and her date Patrick all go to prom, as do some kids from Mercy House, including Dean. So at prom, Pastor Skip is like, you, you can't be here. God is judging you. He doesn't like what you're doing with your lives. And then Mary and Patrick are like, Pastor Skip, you need to loosen up, dude. Like your standards are too high. God made us all different and that's okay. (laughs) Meanwhile... And this is the most fun part of the movie, if you ask me. Hillary Faye is freaking out, and then she drives her van into the big, like, Jesus statue thing yeah. outside the school. Then Mary starts to go into labor, cut to the hospital. She's given birth. And then in her voiceover at the end, she's like, yeah, I probably misinterpreted God's message to me about saving Dean but I do think there is a God or something out there or something inside. I can feel it. And that is the story. Beautiful. So let's take a quick break and then come right back to discuss. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Where to begin <laughs> with saved? There's so much interesting stuff in here i feel like there i i was looking into like just religious satire in general because i feel like there's definitely not a lot of like teen like a uh, religious satire directed at teenagers specifically right um and that it kind of happens more on tv than in movies and then i went to the religious satire wikipedia page oh. scholarly wow and also found that uh, this is kind of neither here nor there, except to mention that the religious satire uh, category is just overwhelmed with white guys. Just so, <laughs> like, half of the entries are like, and then Trey Parker and Matt Stone did this? And everyone was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, so, um, you know, there's definitely room for other people in this, in the religious satire genre. So if you're listening and you're not a white guy, you know, think about it. Mm-hmm. Not surprising that that's the case on the Wikipedia page, um, especially because like watching this movie, one of the biggest things was there for sure could be more diversity. It's an entirely oh, yeah. white cast, obviously. Like some of the students in the background parts are people of color, but they don't mm -hmm. have names. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's um, Veronica, like the Veronica, and there's Veronica, Veronica. <laughs> yes, and, and she we know almost nothing. But I mean, it's, unfortunately, I feel like we know 
a little bit more about her than we would about like some non-white characters, which is set, the bar is on the floor, mm-hmm. especially if we're talking about 2004, because we know a little bit about her background. But like, yeah, she you could cut her out of the script in a second and nothing would nothing change. would mm-hmm. change. And everything yeah. we know about her, you could say in a sentence, which the yeah. movie also says in a sentence. <laughs> it's, it's like right. she was adopted from Vietnam by parents who were there doing missionary work the like that's it that's it that's it (laughs) yeah well that kind of relates to another sort of I guess preliminary note about this movie which is it is unlike a lot of teen movies which are not religious satires Mm -hmm. there's an interesting intersection here with it being a teen comedy slash like religious satire which I enjoy that about the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also, it does fall into a lot of other kind of teen movie tropes. Still, for example, you've got the mean girl who's mean. You've got <laughs> a hetero teen romance being a major subplot. You've got the movie ending in prom and prom being like where the climactic sequence takes place. You've got... And well, at the point where once they were at prom, I'm like, well, if we're doing this trope, she better, she might as well have the baby at prom. And then <laughs> and thankfully then, yeah. she goes into labor at prom. Because I'm like, if you're really going to bring a very pregnant teen to prom, she better go into labor. Like we've gotten <laughs> they this foreshadowed that. They foreshadowed Why subvert it. that? Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that's missing is like everyone bands together and votes her prom queen but like yeah that's the only thing that's the only thing that's missing you're right justice Mm -hmm. for mary (laughs) yeah why didn't she get prom queen (laughs) also in addition to it being a very white cast it's also another thing that we see in a lot of teen movies is they're all middle to upper middle class yeah Mm -hmm. well they're at like a private school too right like yeah i mean yeah if it's a if it's a religious school then yes yeah it it is fully troped out with a lot of that like even that and even it's weird because there are like some subversions inside of this movie but there's like subversions that still exist inside of the trope like it adheres to the trope but it also for example there's a clothes trying on montage but it's not so that the teen girl can look really cute or like find the cutest prom dress it's so she can find clothes that will conceal yeah (laughs) yeah i like or the i mean this was i i mean i'm curious as to what everybody thinks this was like a romance subplot that i didn't think overwhelmed everything else and i didn't hate it I didn't like dislike Patrick Wheeler. I'm like Patrick skateboard or what I was like Patrick skateboard. Um, (laughs) Like I thought Patrick skateboard was at least like a pretty respectful sweetheart towards Jenna Malone. And that's, you know, in a 2014 movie, you never know how the insert hetero love interest is going to behave. And I was like, well, Patrick is at least a sweetheart. And he's like, he is unproblematic king. My favorite is when he, um, he falls over and his friend hands him the skateboard and he's oh, like yeah. he's like oh, how's thanks, it going bro. like he's still really cool about it yeah and like shout out to his friend for um helping him recover there and his right? friend is a sweetie exactly yeah he's never really he's never displaying any like of that kind of machismo toxic masculinity that a lot of teen boys are uh, like have on constant display and even i really enjoyed that he like challenges his dad at the end and yeah. is constantly just kind of challenging the institution of christianity and 
and like still identifying as Christian, but like, but he doesn't judge. He doesn't like judge Mary for her pregnancy when she tells him to like back off and she's not interested. He does back off. Like, yeah. Yes, exactly. He respects her boundaries. He is nice to her. He treats her well, which all of these things should just be standard behavior. But considering that like so many teen movies show teen boys being so horrendously cruel and awful to teen girls like I always think of I think my like go-to example for like how horrible a boy can be to a a girl in a teen movie is Heath Ledger to Julia Stiles in 10 Things I Hate About You which is (laughs) like (laughs) like Buscemi test that but I did I generally found Patrick to be a nice boy who and I for that reason I didn't mind that love story because uh, he treats her well yeah I mean I I do think you could probably take him out of the movie but I also like it did seem like Mary wanted to be with someone who she was genuinely into and like was sweet and respectful to her so I'm like all right I'll t- you know what Patrick's a it. sweetie date Patrick he's gonna raise he's gonna help you raise your child <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be like this cute little like because dean also like after was like yeah. i want to be in the in the kid's life and it's like the four of them is this cute little like yeah i have hope for the future of like that foursome i want a sequel sort of like co-parenting that baby has four parents yeah, yeah. right because dean's boyfriend also is like i'm here too yes <gasps> he's in the picture at the end he yeah. poses i'm like if you're posing for the picture you're you're one the of the child. parents <laughs> that's it that's you're the, the, the parenting <laughs> yeah, that kid has 500 parents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's going to be just fine. Little Greg, who is... Um, a girl, I think. A girl. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Gregina. But, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, they at very least, even the stuff that fell into tropes wasn't so outrageously, like, the worst of the trope. Mm-hmm. The same, kind of the same, I mean, Hillary Faye, there's a lot there oh yeah in terms of her arc i did at least appreciate that by the end she got some kind of comeuppance and it was clear that she like was not the world's worst person in a way that sometimes i mean if we're talking just in strictly category mandy Moore villains Mm. at the end of princess diaries lana you know who knows she's burning in hell maybe like we don't really know (laughs) we'll never know she doesn't necessarily learn like she doesn't get any sort of redemption of like oh well this is where she was coming from like and hillary faye for all the problematic parts of her story that we'll get to at least at the end i feel like she has like a humbling moment she has to admit that she's wrong Mm -hmm. and she like accepts the help of people who don't need to be nice to her but are aka her brother and Cassandra Cassandra, yeah I mean I feel like she also has the punishment of that hair so (laughs) (laughs) the hair is so bad most of my comments to Ellie throughout the film which is like I just can't her hair it's just is it a wig it it has to be I cannot imagine Mandy Moore having that hair in real life during the film. I know it was 2004 she might have it could have, I don't know. I'm on the fence. Oh, she, we need to know. Mandy Moore, I just, I don't, I'm, first of all, I've had a crush on her since I was seven. So yeah. there's that. 
I used to have a poster of her. I think I've said this to you, Caitlin, before. I had, used to have a poster of Mandy Moore on my wall when I was, like, in elementary school that I thought was, like, looking at me while I was asleep. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> so Mandy Moore was your guardian angel. Well, I got Aww. scared of it, and I took it down. <laughs> or, or, or the ghost haunting your house. Either or. She, she was looking at me too hard, and I had to take it down. But was a big fan. Um, did I tell you that I met her at? She did a show at Nerdmelt. Like what? No, not, I didn't know that. Yeah, she was really nice, and she oh, did it. Confirmed, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, she seems amazing. She, I like. I mean, and and this is like a very interesting time in her career where she was singing like bubblegum pop. She was like in the Britney Spears is an available position kind of. <laughs> pop wise but then she started then she did a walk to remember iconic christian movie canon where she played a character named jamie mm. and then she did princess diaries where she established that she knows heather matarazzo and that she's a bully and then she <laughs> pays up on that again in saved yeah she plays a bully and a christian really well and i feel like i wonder if the director brian danley was like i've seen her as a christian i've seen her as a bully what if <laughs> let's put them she together a christian bully <laughs> mash up we know she can do both yes Ooh. she's so versatile so what was yes. right after princess diaries that she did saved in the timeline uh no it was a couple years after because princess diaries is oh one this is oh four mm-hmm. i don't know what she was doing in between then possibly more incredible pop music i'm sure more pop music get it because her name is mandy moore yes she i don't know what she was doing oh she was in a movie oh i did see this movie she was in two movies that i saw yikes uh so she did princess diaries then a walk to remember so sorry she did bully then christian (laughs) then she did something called how to deal which I I saw, but I don't remember what it was. And then Chasing Liberty, which she played the first daughter, unlike First Daughter, which came out the same year, and that was Katie Holmes. Oh, right. And then she did Saved. A wild couple of years for Mandy. Wow. And and her part was a spo- was supposed to originally be played by Anne Hathaway. This saved yes. is just like the Princess Diaries. Whoa! <laughs> Wait, Anne Hathaway was going to be Hillary Fay? Yeah, yeah. Until she dropped out to do possibly Ella Enchanted. I couldn't figure out what she dropped out to do. Honestly, mm. I'm so happy that that happened. Sorry, Anne, but Mandy's just perfect in this. She's perfect, she's and so, Anne has so range good. as well. But I'm happy yeah. that Mandy Moore's in this. No disrespect to Anne. But Mandy, yeah. We wouldn't have the Mandy Moore God Only Knows, which is just perfect. Yes. <laughs> right. Is that the ending credits? Right. It's the beginning and credits. The be- oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, this is a Mandy Moore film. We just want to let you know. I remember <laughs> when we, when we were watching it, I was like, because it's just her voice and you don't see anyone. I was, And I literally was like, voice of an angel? That's Mandy Moore. <laughs> I knew it was her. <laughs> she was, well, in the original posters for this movie, she is like, in the center even though that doesn't even make sense for the movie like it was built like mandy i probably because she was still a pop star in yeah, an indie she movie was maybe the most famous person at that point she's in always movie? in the center probably. of every movie she's in yeah, yeah. <laughs> right that's <laughs> <laughs> true yeah but speaking to the hillary fay character that does bring me to a plot point that i forgot about ages very poorly and has a very strange place in the Brian Danley film 
career canon, mm. which is the um, extremely uh, played for laughs, fat phobic mm-hmm. plot point yes. slash prank. This mm-hmm. sucks. So this comes up. And again, it's so frustrating because it could so easily have been anything else or not even happened. Right. And the movie would be no different. But they essentially have this plot point where Roland, Macaulay Culkin's character, tells Cassandra and Mary, oh, well, she, as a tr- like as a young teen was fat and she was sent to fat camp and she doesn't want anybody to know that they do a big joke about it. And then they Mm -hmm. prank her. Our heroes pull a very fat phobic prank and we're supposed to be like, woohoo. Right. This across the board doesn't work super dated and embarrassing to watch now. Mm -hmm. And also plays out in Brian Danley's, film canon because he goes on to direct a bunch of episodes of insatiable that like famously mm. fat phobic um netflix series oh starring right. debbie ryan so this is like a st- he has a, a very checkered film like a lot mm. of the projects he's worked on it in various ways um usually as a director sometimes as a producer are problematic they're just yeah that whole part just like made me feel so icky it's gross it's gross yeah it's just really really bad and i agree ages horribly truly it reminds me a lot of i think the closest like pop culture touch point to that is like a joke from friends that went the entire series that was the exact same joke about courtney cox about monica And it's the exact same joke, and it played out the exact same way every time that, mm-hmm. like, oh, this, like, extremely skinny woman used to not be how embarrassing. Let's laugh at her. And with the assumption that the audience is laughing with us because we're monsters and it's 2004. Yeah. So, yeah, also some of their language choices as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not, I yes. don't remember what, where it was, but they said the R word. It's like right in the first scene. So a couple almost, times yeah. in the first scene. And then I think at least once later on as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some some language that gets used that's obviously and there's like homophobic slurs as well like yeah a lot of the time and this is not in defense of the language but i think that that will get used in this movie to kind of let you let the audience know which characters we're supposed to be rooting for and not because it's usually yeah hillary faye and her posse who is saying a lot of problematic stuff, uh, whether it's homophobic, whether it's ableist, Mm -hmm. and that's to let the audience know, ooh, we don't like her. She's mean. She's bad. Which, again, makes the fat phobic plot point so frustrating because the heroes do it. Yeah. And we're supposed to be like, yay, like Jenna Malone and Susan Sarandon's daughter. Like, (laughs) (sighs) yeah. Right. 2004. Man. Yeah. I do want to talk about the disability aspect of the film mm-hmm. because we have Roland, who is a disabled character. He uses a wheelchair. So we have visibility of disability. But as we've seen in a lot of media throughout the years, that character is played by a non-disabled actor. Mm-hmm. And 
I found a few quotes from a review of the film from Disability Studies Quarterly by Beth Holler that focuses on disability representation in this movie. Let's see. So here we go. Quote, this independent film from 2004 does a good job of upending the usual disability stereotypes in film, although it uses a non-disabled actor for the role of wheelchair user Roland Macaulay Culkin in a well-acted performance. It shows the character as an average teenager. Uh, another quote, Roland is established early as a sarcastic cynic, but not in the vein of a bitter disabled person, because he doesn't buy into the extreme version of Christianity practiced by his sister and others at the high school. So part of this review is um, commending the film for making Roland an average teenager who just happens to be in a wheelchair. Not just an average teenager, not like the other boys. Yeah, also like a cool teenager, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's actually pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. That was my other, my two crushes in this movie, Mandy Moore, because... Of course. Legally had to. But then, the, like, Roland's character, because mm-hmm. he's so good. a cool bad boy. He's like, I don't know, I feel like in 2004, you're like, atheism, what? Like, <laughs> sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I also don't like going to youth group. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then just a couple more quotes from this review. Um, the Roland Cassandra relationship is a step forward in disability imagery. He is never pathetic or pitiful. And although she is a rebel, Cassandra makes it clear she is not with him as a form of rebellion. When Mary asks her if it bothers her that Roland can't walk, Cassandra explains he gets me and I get him. The Roland-Cassandra relationship shows a deep connection that is emotional and physical, which is rarely seen with disabled characters in film and television. Macaulay Culkin plays Roland well, handling the wheelchair with finesse uh, and giving the character a growing sense of self as he settles into a romantic relationship and a supportive friend relationship, unquote. So um, this review was written in 2004, so it is, or 2005, I think. So it's at least 15 years old. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd be interested to see a more contemporary perspective on this film. So for any of our listeners who use a wheelchair, how do you feel the representation of um, this physical disability was in this film? I'd be interested to know. But as far as I could tell... Like this, this review said, I appreciated that Roland is like he's given a romantic storyline. The best one. The best one. Yeah. Yes. The one yeah. I'm like rooting for the most. This is, again, something that you rarely see in popular media. So and his, his story isn't about being in a wheelchair like he is in one. Exactly. But it's not like a struggle he's overcoming or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a human person. Definitely. I and I mean I certainly I think that like I mean I think it's kind of a generally held opinion that more disabled actors should be playing these parts. Mm-hmm. Definitely. In context, in two thousand four, being that they did not cast a disabled actor, I feel like Macaulay Culkin did a, a good job. And they, I mean, again, I'm like interested in in disabled perspectives on this, but it seemed like he did his homework uh, by mm-hmm. like from all the research I did on like what his process was, and this was kind of like the beginning of a comeback for him as well because yeah. he took like a ten year break from acting, and I think this was like one of his first big film roles as like 
an adult and yes he's great when was potty I, monster was that around this time it was i think the year before this yeah yeah uh, macaulay oh. culkin I gotta rewatch an icon movie. i love him he's so great <laughs> yes i mean i do think he did a great job with the role absolutely and that that love story with cassandra rocks i know it's so sweet actual tears Right, because they have this nice um, moment toward the end where he's saying, like, he's talking about, like, him trying to figure out, oh, are we together because, like, I was depending on you, and no, that's not it, and that's not what I want. I'm with you because I, I like you, and, and we get each other. And she's like, I want, I I like you too, I want you too. And it's like this this nice... <laughs> it's so nice. And she, and I like that this is, like, a little inversion, but, like, she has to, like go after him Mm -hmm. which almost which i feel like is usually the opposite and it's so uh i i forgot how much i was like affected by their like love story when i was like in junior high but it's so nice (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then prom outfits just yeah (gasps) they're matching (laughs) so good they're sweet and they're and and i like because i mean generally i like cassandra's character a lot too it's like i it is i don't know i'm like i'm not christian i didn't grow up particularly religious at all i like went to church but i didn't i a lot of this the hyper christian plot points in this movie didn't super hit for me because i wasn't really entrenched in anything other than um mandy moore and pictures (laughs) of her on google images but it was i mean cassandra's character i like cassandra's character a lot because she's introduced as like a stock rebel character Mm -hmm. that ends up having like all of this depth and a lot more and like part of what ends up making her not like the other girls is that like she has more compassion than most of the people right at at the school and i i really liked where it was like mary for so much of the movie seemed to have like all these had a, a a number of women in her life but no one who she was really like connecting with and and then that person ended up being cassandra and it's mm-hmm. so nice to watch their friendship kind of like develop when cassandra it seems like cassandra's about to bully her which is what mary's used to but right. then she hugs her and yeah. then i cry i know it's so nice. there, well going back a little bit to the religious point of it i personally like i went to a catholic school when i was younger but I'm from Boston and I feel like Damn. Catholic schools in Boston are like <laughs> Catholic schools in Boston, but they're not like this school. <laughs> like if that makes sense, at least mine. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's not exactly the same. However, in college, my roommate, when she got to college was not very religious and she wasn't very religious when she got to college because she was su- raised super, super conservative religious in oh, wow. in Raleigh in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Went to a Baptist school. Her brother was gay. He came out in high school and they expelled him. And this was in 2013. Whoa. So like the stuff that they're talking about, it's like from 2004, but it also like is people's lived experience. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what's so great about the film in that they're showing you this is a real lived experience and like let's make fun of it because it's absolutely ridiculous that this is happening Mm -hmm. and at the end let's like make sure we're we're pushing home the message that god made everyone different and that's beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah but it is also still like it 
hits you different when you know that this is stuff that still happens. Yeah. I read that um, the director and co-writer Brian Danley based everything that happens in the film off of things he either witnessed while attending a, I think he went to a Baptist high school Mm -hmm. or had heard other people's experiences. So he didn't like make anything up. Mm -hmm. This was all just like, this was like stuff that he saw or stuff that he, that other people had seen. And And also he's a queer director who like, came out and like got disowned by his parents and like Mm -hmm. went through and then was later accepted by his parents and it was I did I I had never watched this movie with that context I was like when I was in high school I wasn't like who directed this I was just like (laughs) look at at all the pretty people um (laughs) but but, yeah watching it where it's like I mean I would guess I I don't have like a specific quote for him but I would guess that a lot of like Dean's character is like him relaying some of his own experience or like cathartically revisiting it where he came out in high school in a very religious family and was disowned and then like went on to have this very successful career later so Mm -hmm. I was like oh I viewed Dean in a in a I mean I always liked Dean because what's well, yeah. not to like mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was cool to know that that was kind of like a director like pulling from his like direct experience too that was yeah. cool one thing i was hoping for more of in the movie was like us cutting back to dean mm-hmm. at mercy house and like seeing what he was going through there i would have liked to see more of that i guess that's what the movie but i'm a cheerleader is for so if you're like i want to see more of that like <laughs> yes. watch that movie but <laughs> i was getting big but i'm a cheerleader vibes from mm. mercy house in general but i right. do love what we got <laughs> but just he plays it so well like the hi Mitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cute. And then there, I forgot. I don't know why I, for, but I forgot that they come to the prom at the end. Mm-hmm. And that great, like, I don't know, any movie that comes out in the early 2000s, you're like, this could go really badly at any second. <laughs> but then it doesn't. And it goes like beautifully. And you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, Dean. And Dean is like, oh, you're pregnant? wow we're so fertile or like whatever he's yeah, like i'm a daddy like i'm so happy wow. yeah and then everyone and then they hug and you're like oh this is so nice i love that this this kid has so many parents it's mm-hmm. overwhelming and that all of these like 17 year olds are just ready for it yeah, yeah. all these 17 year olds are like let's be parents let's do this yeah <laughs> let me raise another man's child this is gonna go great Even like macaulay culkin and susan sarandon's daughter they're like we are had nothing to do with any of this and yet we're also the parents here yep. we are. <laughs> they're the godparents maybe yes maybe i could see yeah. that oh my gosh <laughs> uh let's take another quick break and then we'll come back for more discussion witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger 
feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. And we're back. We haven't talked that much about Mary. Right. <laughs> Everything else, all the side plots. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've not talked about Mary that much, but I love Mary. Mm-hmm. One thing I really appreciate about her is that she looks like a normal teenager. Mm-hmm. And I just think we don't get enough of that. Like, she's got acne. Yeah. Her hair is sometimes greasy. And I'm just like, yes, this is how teenagers are. Right. I- so refreshing. It was really cool to see acne on screen. I like <laughs> remember that from watching it for the first time because like when the way that they like and I wonder if this was like an intentional thing, but like the way that they covered up Jenna Malone's like chin acne was like the way that I would have, which was like with a concealer that was not my shade. And- <laughs> I think it was an intentional choice, yes. I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm like dragging the makeup department. But <laughs> but I would always like cover up my chin acne with like a shade that was like lighter than my shade. So it was almost like an arrow being like, check out what's <laughs> going on down here. That was something that struck me about eighth grade, too, that like they mm-hmm. that Kayla in that movie has visible acne and there's like no attempt to by the production, by the makeup department to cover it up because guess what? Teens have acne. and Something a behind the scenes fact that I found that really just like warmed my heart was so Jenna Malone and Mandy Moore are the same age, but they're coming from a pretty different place where like Jenna Malone at this time is like an indie darling and mm-hmm. Mandy Moore is like this international 
pop star. Right. So they're like same age, but from different worlds. And there was like this Jenna Malone quote that was like, I was really skeptical and I was like kind of frustrated that they cast a pop star in this movie. But then Mandy and I are friends and she was so nice. And she like asked me for tips on acting. <laughs> And was like trying to become a better actor and liked Jenna Malone's work. I was like, that's so wholesome. It made me so happy. (laughs) I love that. So Hillary Faye in real life, they're actually friends. They're actually friends. Or they at least were for the one month this movie was shooting. (laughs) It's still sweet. Made me smile. Mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah, I, I like... I like Mary as a character a lot. I like her arc as well, where, you know, she starts out not really questioning anything about kind of the religious institution that she was raised in. And then when a few things happen, like her boyfriend being disowned for being gay and uh, her getting pregnant, she starts to question her faith and not in a way that she ultimately ends up not believing in her religion anymore or not believing in God anymore or anything like that. It's more that she just becomes more of a critical thinker about it because what I like about this movie and even though like I was raised as an atheist, I'm still an atheist. So I appreciate anything that is critical of organized religion because I think there's a fair amount to be critical of. But the message of this movie is not like, don't be a Christian. It's more just calling out the hypocrisy that sometimes coincides with some Christian people's behaviors and attitudes. And I think this movie is very helpful in that way because it still gives people permission to believe whatever they want to believe. It just encourages people to be analytical about what they believe and to practice compassion over judgment and things like that yeah i'm like as someone who was raised with like in catholicism with christians i agree that it is like when you're in that community like for for me my community was always accepting Mm -hmm. so it's like you can still have all of the positive things about christianity which is what mary's trying to say like if god tells us to love everyone why don't we love dean right Mm -hmm. and it's like more questioning okay well why are the people around me telling telling me these things Mm -hmm. and why is why are the yeah why are these messages of love being distorted and then it's like even if you don't believe in christianity or you don't believe in a god that's fine but you can believe in loving other people right that's universal yeah Mm -hmm. i really appreciated that angle where it was like almost like a i feel like in some movies and this isn't even really a criticism because I don't like dislike this choice but sometimes it's like the the lead character is so headstrong and so unlike the others that you're like it's almost like an intellectual Mary Sue situation where you're like boy how did they arrive at this conclusion like I agree but I'm like old so how did they get there at age you know 15 (laughs) where it, it was kind of refreshing and cool to watch Mary challenge things in a very kind of like realistic way Mm -hmm. and at the end I mean like who knows maybe you know by the time she's like 20 she's completely disavowed Christianity and she's not into (laughs) it at all but like it felt all of her choices made sense to me more Mm -hmm. so than in a lot of teen movies 
where it was just kind of clearly the writer making like a value statement about like this is how I feel people should act so my teen lead is going to act this way where it was like because I mean because Brian Danley's writing from his own experience he's like well I feel like he does a pretty good job of putting himself in the shoes of like well how would a girl who grew up so entrenched in these values like what would be her process of working through this Mm -hmm. and it like I really liked it I thought it was really sweet and like had a weird amount of like love for Christians in a way that like most movies would not extend (laughs) because you see you see enough perspectives from different characters where you have a character like Hilary Faye who has taken her religious beliefs to the extreme to the point where a lot of what she says and does is very problematic then you have Mary who seems to identify as Christian the whole way through the movie but her relationship with Christianity changes throughout the story because of you know different things that happen right then you have dean who also remains a christian throughout the whole movie despite different fellow christians thinking that he's living in sin for his sexuality Mm -hmm. then you have roland who probably was a christian earlier in his youth but then decided he wasn't anymore and i don't know if he specifically identifies as atheist in the movie but he says at one point i'm not a christian Mm -hmm. yeah then you have patrick who is like the pastor's son who again still identifies as christian but does more of like kind of the critical thinking that mary comes to do toward the end and patrick too who like challenges like he challenges his dad yeah and he also said one of the like one i don't know one of the lines that like really took me off guard on this viewing was like him talking to Jenna Malone and being like, well, I think my dad is wrong about how he like basically like he says, I think it's wrong how my dad views gay students. Like Mm -hmm. that's nice. Yeah. I think he says, I don't think Dean's sick. Yeah. Like, Oh oh, yeah. Like it's the people who are sending him there that have the problem, not him. And yeah. Yeah. Wait, what's the, I wrote that quote down because I liked it a lot. Let me find it here. Oh, yeah, Patrick that was says... when I started to root for Patrick definitively. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Mercy House doesn't exist for the people who get sent there. It exists more for the people who do the sending. And it's like, mm. yeah, Absolutely. Go Patrick. Yeah, go Patrick. <laughs> Team Patrick. But I think that even if you're not religious, because I grew up in an atheist house, but I think that every child kind of goes on that journey with their parents I mean, like, my parents have pretty conservative values about a lot of things. Mm. And there is a lot of stuff that I said as a teenager or thought as a teenager that I just didn't know was any different. And I went on my own sort of journey of discovery with that as well. And I think even that's relatable mm-hmm. in its own way. Definitely. Absolutely. Same. Can we talk about uh, Mary Louise Parker? There's so many crushes <laughs> oh, in this Please, movie. can yes. we? Uh, I honestly totally forgot her entire plot in the 10 years that I hadn't seen this movie yeah I do think that she is like a pretty exceptionally shitty parent and I was not rooting for her at all and Mm -hmm. and I and I also think Mary is way too nice and forgiving to her she is too Christian about it (laughs) she should have been like mad at her mom Mm -hmm. or I would have been mad at Mary Louise Parker if she was my mom where like she didn't notice that her daughter was pregnant. Right. And on top of that, 
when she found out her daughter was pregnant, she punished her and made it about herself or like allowed her to be persuaded by Pastor Skip that like her daughter's pregnancy was somehow about her and that (laughs) she was going to punish her pregnant daughter because of something that she had done that she was not going to. I was just like, I can't believe this movie made me be mad at Mary Louise Parker, but (laughs) yes. There it is. I also think like I'm on the other side of it. I do think they were what they were trying to do, which I could understand is like, this is a single mother. Mm. Did she get pregnant when she was young as well? Is that what we're inferring? But she was married. I don't know. I know that she was like widowed when her daughter was young, but I don't know if she was like, if she had a baby young or what, what that, what the implication was there. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Wait, Lisa, what what were you going to say? I just think she had her young and then was widowed. Mm. but either way it seemed like she just was a she's a woman who just could not handle her daughter and then her daughter basically became her caretaker she has to dye her hair a lot yeah (laughs) she has a lot to do she's a lot to do no but (laughs) you can i just think she she seems like she's very overwhelmed yeah and just and then her daughter was more mature than her and basically started taking care of her and she's like oh this is how our relationship is great and like never changed it, which is not like she should definitely change it. But mm, right. that's definitely like where I saw it. Yeah. I don't think I saw it so problematic because my biological mother is a narcissist. So I was like, this is fine. <laughs> Depends where your bar is. <laughs> yeah, my bar is really low. So. I think I got mad because I have a very narcissistic parent that I was just like, no, I've, I like wanted Mary to like push against it more than she did ultimately it's mary louise parker so it's fine but (laughs) i can understand she does go like this baby needs to be raised by a mother and a father and it's like you mean two teenagers do you really think they're (laughs) gonna be the best candidates to raise a child like what are you talking because she's like contemplating sending her away to mercy house i guess to raise this baby with dean and it's like what that would be the worst possible idea what are you talking about right i was just mad at her (laughs) well she also like she definitely like was had complete blinders on with pastor skip too Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. just like there's a man who's paying attention to me for like she was getting the d that's all that mattered yeah pastor skip sucks yeah well, also sucks. there's the whole part with pastor skip which everything in this film is like exposing the hypocrisy right you have pastor skip mm-hmm. who is committing adultery according you know like the christian values and mm-hmm. he's the one who's like oh your daughter is needs to go here when it's like just right take a look at yourself like no one should be judged in my like it's like just mm-hmm. yeah so and i like that i mean patrick pushes up against him a little and it's like mom wanted a divorce you seem to want to not be with her why are you doing this and he's like well because jesus christ and <laughs> so literally she'll live abroad for 20 years and they'll still be married <laughs> right and i will bang mary louise parker that'll be Great. what's best for your son <laughs> like what are you doing right. but yeah i think the mary louise parker character is not like the way that she's presented in the movie is not like bad writing i think it's more just another indication of like here's how sometimes people are hypocritical or they'll cl- you know they'll yeah be like i'm christian but then they don't 
they don't do the Christian thing or they don't actually be there for their daughter when they need her mm-hmm. and, you know, things like that. So I hope she steps it up as a grandmother. Yes. Yes. I felt like there was an arc towards the end. Maybe a yeah. little. Right. Because, yeah, she's the one who gets into the ambulance and then that, she's that like, always I love me. you, daughter. And then in the hospital, she's like, ah, I'm a grandma. I think, again, maybe I'm like bringing too much personal baggage to the table. But whenever <laughs> like a mother daughter like conflict is resolved by being like, you know what? I thought about it and I don't regret having you. That is not a satisfactory <laughs> resolution for me. I'm sorry. Is that not love? I've come to understand that's love. And in fact, that is seems to be like another bar is on the floor of like, you know what? I actually don't regret that you are currently alive you're just like thanks Uh, that is actually horrible anything else i I completely forgot that line it's so that's so bad that's how their plot resolves where she's like i know it i made it seem like i wished you were never born but actually i don't feel that way i i'm glad you were born and that happens kind of like not infrequently. I can't think of another example off the top of my head, but it was like, I feel like teen, sometimes like teen parent stuff, especially when there's like a young parent, it plays out that way quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I would have done this, this and this if you weren't born. And they're like, oh. and then, you know, 45 minutes later, they're like, I'm glad you were born. And then they <laughs> hug. I'm like, that's, that's, that's not fair. <laughs> Left track. You're like, wait, what? But, like, as someone who is a result of teen pregnancy, that is literally my life. So I like the representation. (laughs) We're talking about representation here. Exactly. It's true. It's true. (laughs) Does anyone have any other things they want to talk about? I want to talk a little bit about Tia. I feel like she's an undervalued character. She's so great. Mm -hmm. We love Heather. Heather Matter, like, underrated person. Queer Absolutely. icon, true. Endorsed Bernie every time. Wow. Married to a comedian, like really no notes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like. I thought that was an interesting character because she. We've seen this character before of like wanting to be in the popular group and kind of doing whatever it takes and she works like several jobs so that she can earn money to buy a car so she can like offer rides to the popular girls and she just wants to fit in and have like but it's a case of she is also being mistreated by Hillary Faye because Hillary Faye <laughs> mistreats everyone around her. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she's the one to expose like, oh, yes, you did buy those spray paints. And- Redemption for Tia. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then she picks up the, the tiara at the end. because She's like, can I wear the tiara? And Hillary Faye's it's like, it's a great no. storyline. Mm-hmm. It is. I love it. I think also one of my favorite lines in the movie is when Pastor Skip is telling them they need to help their friend. And he's like, you've got to, I don't remember what he says, something like, you've got to go and be a warrior for the Lord. And she looks at him like deadpan serious and goes, like, shoot her. It's just so well done and so good. Yes. Amazing. Uh, yeah. She's so good. Heather Matarazzo rocks. And Heather Matarazzo, Mandy Moore collaborations rock. They're just mm, all so good very what I, I guess maybe it's i haven't been keeping up i'm like she should go on this is us yes <laughs> and have I a little arc with mandy bring it oh. back yeah 
Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Cassandra also. I think we've like we've touched on her quite a bit already, but I just really enjoy her as a character. <laughs> we commented on this too, but they're like, well, she's not she's Jewish and that equals punk rock smoking getting drunk at school like yeah like that equals that equals the opposite of religious which is like jewish is also a religion <laughs> so yeah it it feels like a very like 2004 american simplistic interpretation to be like the opposite of christian is jewish is jewish <laughs> Where you're like well it's really just a different re- like so yeah it's like well if the writer it's just like this weird false math equation where it's like well if the opposite of christian is jewish then the opposite of what christians do is what a jewish character would do which right. is also yeah, like not accurate. no yeah no <laughs> but like interesting attempt i don't know either way i i i really enjoyed her character the part where at the beginning when she's like fake speaking in tongues and she's really just being like <laughs> my hot pussy it's, just... <laughs> it's so good oh, that also means that susan sarandon for sure saw this movie and mm. was like i'm sure she yes. was proud yeah like susan sarandon was in rocky horror yeah. yes I, she's... i'm sure she was like yes following in my footsteps like she sings touch me yeah it was an homage to touch me that's true yes <laughs> incredible she also has a rockin bod like that last scene yeah. when she's chasing i think that was like a moment for me when i was younger <laughs> like oh god yes yeah there's definite cleavage she oh. manages to work past again another god-awful haircut of 2004 oh, i'm like what is this terrible like, haircut like what is this <laughs> Yes. May it never return. Oh, but it will. <laughs> they always will. do. They always cycle back. <laughs> also, shout out to the scene where it's right after Dean has come out to Mary. And then Mary Googles just the word gay, <laughs> which is so funny. And then what comes up is guysramalot.com, which I did go to. And it like directs to, oh, I forget what podcast it is, but it directs to a YouTube link of a podcast talking about this movie, which is really clever, which means that podcast bought that domain name. That's <laughs> that is really amazing. Oh my God, that's Wait, let me, let me uh, do that yeah, right plug now. It. They honestly deserve it. It's um, my brother, my brother's friend, and me is the oh okay is the podcast. So shouts out to them and their episode yeah. on Saved, which you can find if you go to guysramalot.com. Right. <laughs> it's bookmarked on my browser. That's my favorite thing to do is go to uh, if there's a website or an email address in a movie, you better believe that I will send an email to that email address or go to and go to that. Ooh. Or a phone like, number that doesn't start with 555. Mm. You're like, then it was something. And yeah. usually it's just like, a, a, I remember that Luke on Gilmore Girls said a non-555 number one time. And it was like, donate to Red Cross. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> there, <laughs> I thought that someone gave me their phone number. <laughs> uh. um, I wanted to talk about this when we're talking about if it passes the Bechtel test. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I think we're there. Yeah. The exorcism. Maybe we'll start with the exorcism scene. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I have been contemplating, does it pass the Bechdel test? Because it's three girls in the van. Mm-hmm. And they, they take they take uh, Mary mm-hmm. and they perform an exorcism on her. But they're talking mm-hmm. about God and Satan in the exorcism. and But are God and mm-hmm. Satan women? Well, oh well i feel like that's open to interpretation yeah i think that yes it is open to interpretation but i think these particular people's interpretation of god and satan is that they are, they are men mandy moore thinks that they're men yeah. that god is a man but it's also yes. just a ridiculous scene <laughs> i'm filled with <laughs> the power yes. of christ and throws a bible at her it's just so good mandy moore really i feel like shines in this scene she's wearing like not a juicy couture tracksuit but essentially a juicy couture tracksuit and she's with a halloween outfit with a with the angel wing she's like (laughs) the opposite of a walk to remember whipping a bible at someone's head like it's oh it's incredible a great scene a great scene and they're also what are they what soundtrack are they playing there i felt like oh Don't they like parody is it halloween it's something very spooky yeah it's like they're parodying like a horror soundtrack for when sure. they <laughs> abduct their friend to throw a bible at her head <laughs> yeah i i maybe it my instinct was Halloween, but I also could be quite wrong. I don't remember. It's, it's something very ominous and spooky, whatever Some it is. Some 70s horror movie yes. is being parodied. And I'm like, huh, I'm so young. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it passes the Bechdel test in other cases, though. Yes. Between, oh, a ton. Yeah. 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 Heaps. I honestly, like many times recently, forgot to pay attention to the Bechdel test. It definitely, I mean, it definitely passes quite a bit. I mean, I think that most of the interactions in this movie are between women. I mean, there are a lot of, you know, women aren't getting along. They're not seeing eye to eye quite a bit, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that they're talking about men. Like it it passes between Mandy Moore and Jenna Malone, passes between Jenna Malone and and Mary Louise Parker, Mm -hmm. passes between Jenna Malone and Susan Sarandon's daughter. Didn't (laughs) use one character name. No. Uh, (laughs) It passes a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I like trying to pay attention to it. And there was one scene where they're watching Valerie Bertinelli. And I was like, oh, this (laughs) passes. It was just them talking about the movie. But I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 It's her and her mom just sitting on the couch. This works. You love to see it. It does, and for a mo- uh, you know, for a movie written uh, by a man, that's not nothing. Yeah, and we'll take mm. it. True. <laughs> or yeah, when they're t- when her and Cassandra are talking about her being pregnant in the mm-hmm. bathroom. Yeah, almost that entire scene passes. I guess the where it does get murky is God comes up a lot, and they seem to all be yeah. like pro. God and Jesus are talked about a lot. The Ariana lot. Grande song had not yet dropped, and <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> It hadn't been introduced into the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it passes. Um, yeah. Let's, let's take a look at the film with, via the nipple scale, zero to five nipples, based on an examination of the film through an intersectional feminist lens. Um, this one, it's a little tricky because there are some things, as we discussed, that are 
quite of the time of 2004, like problematic language that gets used by characters who we are meant to be rooting for. The whole fat shaming storyline done by characters who we are meant to be rooting for. Um, Things like that that obviously age terribly. On the other hand, you have this movie that's satirizing like religious fundamentalism specifically like christian attitudes towards queerness and towards premarital sex and 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 things like that that uh the takeaway is like think critically about these things and don't just do whatever your religious leaders tell you to do because sometimes those things are harmful and hypocritical and they're doing it anyway so (laughs) right (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of things to like about the movie. I think that it does still fall into some, you know, teen movie tropes and and stuff like that. But overall, I enjoy this movie. I think it handles most of the things that it's trying to tackle pretty well. There's disability visibility, although it's not perfect. They didn't cast a disabled actor to play the part. I also want to point out that Roland is on the poster of this movie, but he appears to be standing along with the other main characters who also appear to be standing upright. So he's not in his wheelchair on the poster, which feels like deliberate erasure of his disability. And that is messed up and confusing. Yeah. Um, So, you know, there are missteps like that when it comes to the disability representation in this movie. But it also feels like it's going in the right direction in other regards, especially the movie giving Roland a romantic relationship. Uh, I wish we could have gotten to know the queer characters better. Different things like that where uh, I felt the movie was a bit lacking. But overall, I do appreciate that this movie is providing commentary on some of the more problematic and hypocritical and homophobic attitudes that unfortunately some Christians have. Yeah. Uh, I would give this probably like somewhere between a three and a three and a half. Uh, Maybe I'll just kind of split it down the middle. 3.25 because... (laughs) Love a decimal. Love (laughs) a quarter nipple. Um, Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it deserves more than that. I don't know. The nipple scale also... doesn't matter perfect metric (laughs) the perfect metric never made a mistake no people all the time are like what you give this movie that nipple rating and i'm just like i don't know i don't i don't know you just need to listen to the previous part yeah just Just listen listen to to the the episode thing If you're listening for the end, I don't know what to tell you (laughs) i'll give it a i'll give it a 3.5 and i'll give uh, one nipple to Mary, one nipple to Cassandra, one to Roland, and I'll give my half nipple to Dean. Mm. And that's how I distribute my nipples today. <laughs> All right. Please and thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do three and a half as well. Uh, I, I agree with your interpretation, Caitlin. I feel like it is like, uh, especially for 2004, it's doing a lot right that uh, most teen movies were not doing right at the time. I'm glad mm-hmm. it was like successful. I'm glad that it got like for such a like you know pretty like low budget movie. It has so many really like 
popular actors and performances that are really good. Um, it's a super, super white movie. I feel like it's like one mm-hmm. of its most glaring flaws, which is also extremely 2004 of it to do. Yes. Um, that said, there, there's a lot that it does right. And it's, I feel like kind of in, I'm trying to think if like a teen movie has done what Saved did as well since and I can't really think of one so it's kind of in a league of its own in that way and I really enjoyed rewatching it um and I still have a crush on Mandy Moore and three and a half (laughs) nipples one to Mary Louise Parker one to Mandy Moore one to Macaulay Culkin one all my crushes and then (laughs) the other half uh goes to Jenna Malone who I hope is doing great yes <laughs> yeah um I feel like I want to be a different nipple just because just to be different even though I feel like a 3.5 is pretty fair but I'm just mm-hmm. gonna go with four nipples so I can mm. give hell yeah full nipples to everyone sure. um <laughs> I agree with all of the problematic stuff about it which is why I can't really give it more um but I also feel like 2004 it's like mm. judging it by the time the year of national treasure. We were different people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also feel like we haven't really talked about this as much, but I give it points for having like a teen lead who is pregnant. Like we didn't really yes. talk about like, like mm-hmm. that's the big thing with the movie <laughs> that I feel like we, we didn't <laughs> talk about Mary as much. Um, so that being said, I'll give a nipple to Mary, to Dean, to Tia, who hasn't gotten a nipple yet? Mm-hmm. And to Valerie Bertinelli for being on screen <laughs> sometimes during the film. Hell yeah. Yes. Nice. And you're totally right, Ellie. We did not talk about this, but teen pregnancy is something that we have a difficult relationship with as a society. It is generally very shamed by society and then more recently by the media kind of exploited mm-hmm. with like the whole teen mom expanded universe and, and stuff like that totally totally and yeah you know while it's not an ideal situation I think it's like very much worth reframing how we think about teen pregnancy because mm. It usually happens because teenagers are not provided with the education and resources they need about how to prevent pregnancy because comprehensive sex education is not a thing that is commonly taught in schools in the U.S. And no matter how many times proving that sex education lowers the rates of teen pregnancy and Mm -hmm. by withholding information and resources and tools, you are perhaps doing people a disservice just imagine (laughs) right especially because like in a christian school like the one featured in the movie they are almost certainly doing if they do have any sex education at all it's probably abstinence only sex education which is Mm -hmm. like basically what i got when i was a in high school which which kind of extends to fear-mongering it reminds me of the scene in mean girls of like if you have sex you will die Right <laughs> there. So, I mean, I think, yeah, if if you want to hear a more, a longer uh, conversation about how teen pregnancy are treated in movies, I would direct you to our Juno episode on the Matreon, I think is maybe mm. the longest conversation we've had about it. 
Indeed. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's worth just kind of reevaluating. I've had to do some of my own kind of reevaluating how I feel about teen pregnancy because, um, you know, it's it's our broken education system that's really mostly at fault for why teen pregnancy is a thing. So one of the issues so. that in particular that shaming the individual does worse than nothing mm-hmm. and I and I like that I mean in the case of this movie it kind of like ends ideally but that yeah that like the the teen in question had a wonderful support system and not mm-hmm. all teenagers are that lucky but it but it is nice to see that shown of um that a baby needs a support system not the nuclear American family that we're shown so often for sure yeah uh anyway uh Lisa what about you for your nipple rating I definitely had 3.5 as well, so I'm gonna just go back to being a, a sheep and following following the trend. <laughs> I mean, it's a good it's a good rating. It's popular because it's right, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like all popular things, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm also gonna give one to Tia. I'm gonna give one to Horny Mary Louise Parker. Mm. I think she deserves it. Uh, I'm gonna give one to Saved the Musical, which we didn't discuss, but that exists. Yeah. <laughs> you found on. YouTube, which is um, like John Dossett is in it, like um, Trip Vanderbilt from Gossip Girl. Yeah. Really? He plays Wait, Dean. Are you talking about Aaron Tveit? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm like Aaron Tveit oh also God. is Aaron Tveit. Like he was on Broadway before he was in Gossip Girl. I know, but I don't know his name. I just know him as Trip Vanderbilt. All right, wild. <laughs> um, and then I'm gonna give half to the guy who who gives Patrick his skateboard because he's a real, he's a real friend. Aww. Yeah. Yes, that's I good. love that his last name is Wheeler and therefore skateboard. I lo- <laughs> like all of the we didn't really talk about it, but the way characters are named is so like goofy, silly satire names like obviously Mary. But then, you know, Patrick Skateboard <laughs> is <Yes>. a character <laughs> um, and you got to hand it to Patrick Skateboard. He has a skateboard. <laughs> Uh, pastor skip just sounds like a youth pastor yes. and i was just like fully <laughs> on board with like yep that sounds like a youth pastor to me mm-hmm. tia the name of my uh boyfriend's childhood dog so coincidence impossible oh, definitely not, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Lil- lillian i'm sure is a reference to something that i is out of my pay grade intellectually isn't lillian the um original evil woman in the bible or is that Lilith? It's Lilith oh, I'm thinking of. But still, yeah. probably close. That yeah, might be probably. Enough. She's the temptress. <laughs> Everyone who listens to our show who is like into mythology is like, ah! It's like, <laughs> you know nothing. Stop They're talking. tweeting you right now. <laughs> probably it's a myth. I don't know. Also, I'm going to take my nipple away from Mary and give it to Veronica because she deserved way more than what she got. She deserved anything. (laughs) She got nothing. Sigh. But uh, thank you, Ellie and Lisa, for being here. What a treat. Thank you for having us. Where can people check out your stuff? And tell us about the pod. Yes. Lisa, do you want to take it or you want me to take it? I was just going to let you take it. All right. <laughs> so we're really excited about our new podcast. It's called Sweet Bitter. It's all about Sappho, who, to be honest, like as a feminist, not enough people know about Sappho. Just like as a literary figure who was a woman. Mm-hmm. You know about Homer, like you learn about all of these ancient Greek poets, and we don't really learn that much about Sappho. So Lisa, 
heard an episode of Buffering where our other host, Elise, was on. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about Sappho. And Lisa, do you want to take it from there that you were like... I stalked her on the internet yeah. and was like, can we make a podcast about this, please? <laughs> because I want to listen to one and it doesn't exist. And it's such a cool story and I can't believe I didn't know it. So... Um, yeah, don't listen to anybody. Stalking and creeping on the internet gets you everywhere. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so from there, we all just met on the internet and put together this show because we all think Sappho is really cool and we think anyone who listens to the show will agree with us. So I hope you check it out. We also write and perform a song for each show. So <gasps> that's a fun thing that we decided to do that yes. adds to our workload. Yeah, because, well, because Sappho is a poet, but actually all of her poems were meant to be sung. So we take the poems and we turn them into songs, but they're more contemporary pop songs, what we envision they might be if Sappho was around now. Sort of like how Mandy Moore was just a poet, but her poetry is just meant to be sung. Exactly. (laughs) Bring it all around. Perfect. Exclamation point. Okay. And Mandy Moore. Oh, the Mandy Moore. I will say the Mandy Moore rule in movies mm. is if Mandy Moore is in the movie, does she get to sing a musical number to remind you that she's Mandy Moore? And this movie <laughs> follows the Mandy Moore rule. Yes. Because she sings. Yes. Uh, a, a few times, and it's never too. It's never like a walk to remember invasive, <laughs> but it is. And she sings in Princess Diaries too. She sings "Stupid Cupid." Yes, my favorite. Iconic. Mm, she sings so in everything. Yeah. I love her so much. <laughs> She's so perfect. Just, is there a movie she has not had a song in it? I wonder. I'm like I'm trying to remember mm. back to How to Deal, which looking up the poster. Her worst haircut of all. Yeah, oh, no. and I don't think she sings in the um, in the one where she's the president's daughter. But like maybe oh. she's on the soundtrack, you know? Oh. Maybe she, I'm gonna oh, have to look into on it the after soundtrack. this. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't know. But yeah, you well you can find. I'm like also I don't even say know if I said where you can find it. You can yeah, find yeah, our yeah, podcast <laughs> at sweetbitterpodcast.com, correct? Or sweetbitterpod? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Or at sweetbitterpod on Instagram and Twitter. And we're in all of the podcast apps. And make Incredible. sure you write sweet bitter as one word, because if you write it as two, we won't come up. Oh, good to know. Sad times. Yes. <laughs> Got to be specific. Well, thank you again so much, both of you, for, for being here and talking about saved you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bechtelcast. You can subscribe to our Patreon, aka Matreon. Why don't you? It's $5 a month and it gets you two bonus episodes every single month, plus access to the entire back catalog. You love to see it. And then you can get our merch on tpublic.com slash the Bechtelcast. And we also have masks if you need a mask, which you do because you're a good person aren't you (laughs) so you can find those there yes and uh i think this episode we've all been saved so that's saved (laughs) we saved (laughs) exclamation point (laughs) let's change it to the bechdel cast (laughs) the bechdel cast (laughs) Bye. infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.